Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated, a no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. This is the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next, your new favorite beer with zero carbs, now available to you. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. All right, let's go to the phones and welcome in Richard Davenport to the program this morning. Richard, it is a great week of Arkansas football head as they host South Carolina. Uh, explain kind of what went, ha- what went down at the Cincinnati game. I know Malachi Singleton, uh, you had White, and I almost said John David White, Walker White here. How did the others experience Fayetteville in the weekend last week? So, yeah, I think Walker White was probably one of the, you know, the, the premier uh, recruits that were there was there because he's such a highly tallied quarterback and everybody wants to talk about the quarterback position. I, obviously Malachi was there, like you said, but uh, Walker uh, uh, Friday night against uh, Little Rock, uh, I mean, excuse me, against uh, Shiloh Christian uh, had six uh, touchdowns, three passing, three rushing, and uh, Coach Pittman was there. Uh, along with Dow Loggins, and that was uh, Coach Pittman told told Walker that was the first game as a head coach that he had attended. So that was a big deal to Walker. And uh, any time a head coach, uh, uh, you know, sees your game, that's that's a big deal. And especially, usually, head coaches usually don't go out till like uh, like an open date or something like that. Uh, so that, I think that that was a signal to him. But uh, Walker, obviously, he knows about the university uh, very. Very familiar with it, with uh, so many family ties. His dad uh, played golf at Arkansas. Uh, of course, John David White played before he transferred to uh, to UCA. But uh, he's he's the guy that uh, I guess most people were interested in uh, over the weekend. So that's a big notable for who was in the house last week. What about this week? Who should we keep an eye out and ear out for that's going to be in Donald W., Richard? It's going to be slim pickings uh, at 11 a.m. kickoff. Uh, naturally, is uh, very hard for out-of-state kids and even some in-state kids uh, to get there. Uh, get there. Uh, I remember a couple of years ago, a kid from Magnolia uh, drove up to to uh, Fayetteville for a 11 a.m. game. He had to leave around 2:30 a.m. to to get there. Uh, about two hours before kickoff, and the reason you you do that is because that's when the kids usually go into the recruiting room and and uh, meet with the coaches uh, prior to the game and stuff like that. So that kind of gives you an indication of uh, how difficult it is for uh, kids to get to an 11 a.m. game. But back in July, I reported that uh, four-star uh, junior pros- uh, offensive line uh, Fletcher uh, 
Westfall was going to be visiting. He's he's in he's from Virginia, and uh, he doesn't have the, the the reason he's able to visit. He doesn't have a game on Friday, so they're they're traveling Friday night, uh, Friday after school, and uh, arriving Friday night. But uh, he'll be there. Brian Huff from uh, Valley View, the twenty uh, twenty four uh, linebacker who has an offer from Arkansas, six three, about two twenty. Uh, he he's uh, he's one that I think is. Uh, got a great possibility of being a, a very productive uh, linebacker on the next level, uh, even SEC level. But to uh, be honest with you, that, uh, as of uh, Tuesday, I hadn't been able to confirm a lot of kids because they haven't been, uh, been able to get a lot of con- uh, confirmations just because of the, uh, uh, the time, time of the kickoff. So uh, I would anticipate probably 20, 25 kids. That's usually pretty standard, maybe 30 max. Uh, they had uh, around uh, 50, 52, 53 uh, on Saturday, but uh, 11 a.m. kickoff kind of cuts that in half. Richard, I want to come back and talk about Walker White for, for another moment or two. Uh, got a chance to see him play last Friday. The other thing I think should be noted is how well he might fit right into to what they're doing currently at Arkansas. I watched that game with uh, Shiloh Christian. Ran a lot of that RPO with his running back and uh, looked very fluid in that ball game. This is a uh, the type of quarterback that if you wanted to carry on with what KJ's doing, I'm not saying the kid's KJ Jefferson, but I'm saying uh, in the offense they're running at uh, at Little Rock Christian, a lot of that RPO where they bury the ball in the belly of the running back and then he pulls it out and runs it or hands it off. A, a lot of similarities into what Kendall Bryles is doing with KJ. And he's got some uh, speed, as you could tell, Tommy. Yes. I mean, he ran a four-five-five at Ole Miss camp, and uh, there's no doubt that you know he's obviously got two more years till till he gets to to campus wherever he goes. But uh, anticipate that speed kind of improving. That's the first. I, I'll be honest with you. That was one of the first things that uh, when I saw him as a freshman that I noticed was his speed. And uh, then you throw in his size, six-four, two hundred fifteen, two hundred twenty pounds. He's just going to continue to develop physically, and he's already very impressive the way he is now. But uh, now, I, I, hey, if, if you're able, to, lucky enough to get somebody like Walker, that, that's huge. Not only because he's he's, he's a very good quarterback uh, from, from you know a skill set uh, standpoint and a physical standpoint, he is just a, an incredible young man. I mean, he, he's the type of kid that you want leading your program. And, uh, you know, I, I think right now you'd have to look at Arkansas Ole Miss as the two schools that uh, are uh, in, in contention. But I wouldn't rule out uh, uh, a late run by Alabama. Uh, keep an eye on that. But uh, I th- obviously was his ties to, the, to, uh, to uh, the U of A. You'd have to feel pretty good about Arkansas, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's going to be an offer list that's uh, that's a mile long with his size and speed. Hey, another thing I wanted to ask you about uh, down. Let's go down to Greenwood, the Archer Boys. We've uh, we've heard about Young Kane, um, and a lot of people may or may not know he's got a brother named Cash. Uh, Kane's gotten several D one offers before his ninth grade year. His brother Cash, who plays defensive end, I was reading yesterday the reports. He's got his first D one offer. Uh, as a sophomore this year, go, uh, from Louisville. Yeah, I haven't been able to see him, but obviously I saw some highlights of uh, Kane, and uh, that was a very impressive uh, comeback that they were able to uh, mm. uh, pull out against uh, Northside. But uh, yeah, I mean, you usually don't see uh, brothers 
that close together, uh, being uh, recruited on the D1 level. Uh, but uh, obviously that's the case, and uh, that, that says volumes about both of them. Can you remember, I mean, I, I can remember Sean and Stacy Andrews. Um, I'm trying to just think real quick uh, about some brother duos that were close in age like that, maybe even you know played obviously on the same high school team that um, that would have been recruited similar to what we're seeing in, in South Sebastian County. Anything pop into your mind on that off just off the cuff? As you mentioned, I was I was, I was just kind of trying to think of uh, of uh, others, but uh, that, that's why I kind of pointed out that it was so unusual with them that being yeah. so close together and having D one offers. Because I honestly, I I'm if it's happened, I can't think of anybody offhand. I'm sure uh, there's been some similar situations like that, but uh, offhand, I I really cannot think of anybody. But that that's what makes it so so impressive to, to, to be so young and be so close together, but yet, uh, you know, be D1 athletes. Yeah, we got people listening everywhere, guys. Mountain Home plays Greenwood this week, so for those listening in Baxter County, you'll perhaps get a chance to see both of the Archer uh, boys play this week for Greenwood. We're talking with Richard Davenport this morning on a recruiting Thursday. So you're talking about potentially Walker White being recruited by Alabama. Richard, who would you say that Sam Pittman in the SEC has to recruit the most against? In the SEC? Yeah, like Beamer's way out What Beamer's way out east. So you're probably not recruiting right. a ton against him. But is it Jimbo? Yeah. Is it Lane? Like who, who do you think he's going up against the most? Is it Drinkwitz? Yeah, I, I, w- I would probably say the the schools that are regional, uh, Drinkwitz. Uh, I, I'd even say LSU, uh, and uh, obviously Jimbo. And I, I think you hit it. I mean, the farther out you go, the the less you, you see Arkansas recruiting. Uh, now, obviously, Georgia is still a, a very very uh, you know active uh, recruiting area for Arkansas because of Arkansas ties to the state but uh for the most part uh, there's those 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 would those would when i think of kids that i've talked to in the past that maybe arkansas was recruiting against and 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 maybe in the final two or three i would say those uh, schools that you mentioned and uh yeah in far as the south carolina i i you know uh, fletcher westfall who i just talked about uh, the 24 offensive lineman he has an offer from uh, south carolina but i haven't heard him talk about south carolina and then uh jaden johnson uh, the safety he was committed to south carolina and then then obviously flipped to arkansas but usually if they're uh, against south carolina there's maybe one or two a year that maybe arkansas is recruiting versus uh you know the regional schools around around arkansas richard sam Pittman seemed to hit pretty accurately in the transfer portal last year with the three defensive linemen this year it's a it's a bunch of guys that are seeing significant playing time if he continues to land these guys and they're starting or playing significant minutes do you foresee him shifting more of his focus to that seeming like eric musselman has done in his career i i i I don't, and and I, I'll I'll tell you why. Just because the vast majority of your players will be uh, guys that you recruited in high school, and that's that's where you have to make the most hay, in my opinion, especially in the number number areas. You get twenty five now. I mean, now with the numbers uh, fluctuating because of the transfer portal, that you can sign more than twenty five. Uh, I I think he'll continue to obviously hit the portal, and and his track record. Uh, 
of uh, kids uh, coming in coming in and playing from the portal. That's obviously going to bode well. But I think you you know as a program, your your main base is going to have to come from uh, the high school ranks, and I just don't see any school really stay. You know, unless you're maybe a mid major or you're a smaller school uh, uh, in the Power Five that doesn't have the recruiting. Power that uh, maybe the bigger schools have. Maybe you might uh, focus more on the transfers in high school, but I think that's just a temporary fix. We got the SEC basketball schedule, Richard, yesterday, and I'll close you out with this. Anything in the latest news, basketball recruiting? I know Layden got his fifth star on a lot of services. Is there any movement on that front with Eric Musselman and his staff? Uh, well, today's the first day that they can go out. Uh, it's the recruiting period. They can go out and visit school, uh, visit school, see kids, do in-homes and stuff like that. So uh, they'll be visiting a lot of kids uh, over the next few weeks. And, and it goes to uh, only uh, only time it goes back to a dead period is like for four days in November. So, you know, in addition to getting ready for the, uh, the season and, uh, and, and, and uh, practice and stuff like that, they're going to be hitting the road, uh, talking to kids and seeing kids and, uh, and evaluating kids also. Richard, we'll leave it there this morning. Be safe driving up from Little Rock to Fayetteville for the game, and uh, we'll get a recap of some of the visits and then some of the, the guys coming up for Missouri State at night game this next week. All right, guys. We'll see you. Good night. I mean, good morning. <laughs> Later. Get some sleep. <laughs> oh, man. There's a guy burning midnight oil right there. Uh, hey, burning at both ends for sure, Tommy. Yeah, Richard Davenport. Hey, we're brought to you by uh, the Booyah Mobster made by Pradco right here in Arkansas. They make 19 different brands of fishing products to help you uh, help you reel them in. Booyah Bait Company is one of those. And right now, one of the hottest swimming jigs on the Arkansas River is the Booyah Mobster. It was designed by the pros with the Muddy Water Mob, and they know how to fish the river. They know how to help you on Lake Dardanelle or Kerr Lake or wherever you're fishing Arkansas River water. If you're working submerged or matted grass, the Booyah Mobster will help you reel them in. Find it at LureNet.com and tackle stores all over the place. Uh, that is the Booyah Mobster. We, we're talking about Walker White there for a minute. I, I read where Richard uh, said they were going to Ole Miss this week because UCA plays at Ole Miss, so that makes perfect sense for uh, for him to make a visit there. But uh, he's got that combination, man, of size and speed that uh, that uh, you know could be the next one at Arkansas, perhaps. I mean, at least from a from an early on looking at a junior quarterback, uh, that's got to be exciting. And I know they moved into that new six A West with everything reconfigured. For for those that listen on the western side of the state, there will be some some chances to see them play. I guess what Van Buren, Greenwood, Siloam Springs, uh, Russellville, some of those schools. Uh, that are in that that league, Lake Hamilton would be another one, I think. So, um, you know that that might be someone you a, a game you circle on a schedule if you want to see perhaps a future Razorback tie. Tommy, if we lose to Greenwood, so be it. I'd, so that's not as big at Little Rock Christian. But if we lose to Pulaski Academy again in the state finals or the playoffs, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna lose my mind. Now I got to talk to D White because in no way, shape, or form should Walker even be considering. Ole Miss, Alabama, I get it, but I'm going to have to talk with David a little bit about why Walker's uh, considering Ole Miss. If you got one kid playing there, you might as well get the VIP tour while you're in uh, in Oxford, right? So eat the chicken on the stick, go out and see the square. 
I haven't been. That's a that's a place I was not 21 the last time I went down there in 2015. I would like to go back when now that I'm of age of this point. But yeah, he's you have no record of drinking underage. I, yeah, none whatsoever. Well, I did have a stint where I actually listened to my parents and listened to the law itself for a for about a year and a half or two years. But yeah, prior to that, one great. Um, but yeah, that's a he's a high profile guy. You mentioned Kane Archer. He'll be a high profile quarterback in the state. Couple. He's really not freshman. Yeah, these are nationally. Walker's a junior. Kane's a freshman. Is there a sophomore kid? Uh, I mean, I don't well, we fall high school recruiting. Cash. He's a he's a defensive well, end, but foot, uh, um, yeah, quarterback wise. Quarterback wise, I, I you know uh, none that come to mind for me. I mean, I mean, I'm what I know is what I read from Richard and what we talk about here. But those are those are some names I'm putting squarely on my radar right now. Yep, you should, and uh, that. There's a lot of good high school football matchups this upcoming season. Some of the ones that we just listed out are going to be good as well. You got a good matchup this Saturday, 11 o'clock. Tommy, I didn't realize as we started going through it and Shane Beamer and, and Pittman started talking about it, there's a lot of connections within this group. You think about Shane Beamer, the connection to Jaden Hazelwood when he was at Oklahoma, Matt Landers when he was at Georgia, I had forgotten, I guess, that Beamer was on staff in South Carolina in 2007 when Arkansas ran roughshod all over them. Hazelwood obviously played with Rattler last season. Sam and Shane coached together at Georgia. So a lot of connections between the crew. And I thought it was really cool. Here's Shane Beamer earlier this week talking about how Sam Pittman Helped him out as a coach. I had coached defense here and coached running backs at Virginia Tech. Uh, so I was really, I was the special teams coordinator at Georgia, but I was also the tight ends coach. And I was very, you know, um, I was definitely a rookie there because I never coached tight ends. And Sam helped me so much just uh, being the offensive line coach. The offensive line coach and the tight end coach worked very closely together. And he was very patient and taught me a lot. Tommy, does anyone have an advantage with knowing the other personnel heading this game? Is it all just a wash? I think with today's game where you have so many offensive analysts, defensive analysts, special teams analysts, people that are studying film now for, you know, A&M and Alabama games and weeks out for Arkansas, I think there's just so many eyes on stuff. There's no stone left unturned. But, I mean, I think it does help. But I think you also got to remember, we, we just had a recruiting conversation. All these guys recruit these guys. They they know, you know, know something about them personally, uh, know what they're about. Coaching is so intertwined, as you're talking about here. I, I just don't know how much of an edge there is just from the outside looking in because of you add all those things up I just talked about, and I don't know how you hide anything other than injuries and maybe a wrinkle or two here and there. You you know who you're playing anymore and what they're capable of and the coaches you're going up against. And, you know, human nature ties, you're going to stick with what you're comfortable with, what you know, like, and trust, and that's your base offense and your base defense. Tommy, let me ask you this. How much do you think Barry Odom and Ken O'Brien's withheld from last week? Do you think they saved anything for SEC play or maybe even down the road after this game? Is that something that I'm just making up, or is that actually something oh. you, you saw a little bit last week. I don't know if it was with intent that, hey, we're holding this because they knew the importance and the magnitude of beating a team like Cincinnati, but um, I imagine there was things, there was pages and maybe chapters of the playbook that didn't make the script for last week just because they didn't think they were polished or ready enough. I mean, I'm just guessing there. I can't answer that, but I don't think that's unique to Arkansas. I imagine there may be a wrinkle or two or a personnel grouping, a formation or something that we may not notice as fans, but something that a coach would pick up immediately 
that uh, South Carolina will do different this week. That's one of the theories kind of being floated about South Carolina as they were withholding, you know, getting ready for Arkansas because they were playing Georgia State and nearly bit them in the butt for a little while. So, you know, I think you'll see some different things from a lot of teams this week, not just Arkansas and South Carolina. I want to see what this offense can do in game number two because everyone was like, man, offense. And I say everyone. I, I got some responses. I've got some listeners texting me. Offense didn't look good. You got to remember, KJ was 18 for 26, four total touchdowns. And what all, their offense is always going to be spurts, right? I, I feel like Arkansas is either going to go 75 yards to the house or they're going to go three and out. They need to be more concerned. Kendall Bryles would tell you that. Now, maybe the statistics bear something different, but maybe you see more consistent, not just running the football, but passing. It was not that bad last game. It was first game jitters, first game figured out. you got to remember, what was it, four of their top five pass catchers were gone from last year? It might have been five of six. The only one returning yeah. was Warren Thompson, Tommy. So KJ still got to figure out his guys, and I'd say chucking three touchdowns. It's not a bad start, man. Yeah, and, you know, it depends on if you want to have the conversation about wide receivers, if you want to have them about pass catchers, which include Trey Knox. I mean, Trey Knox was your leading receiver, not just in yards, but two touchdowns as well. I think what, as fans, what you want to see is, hey, I've heard how fast Matt Landers is. I, I want to see it on full display. He got three catches on four targets. You know, Hazelwood, we've heard so much about him. So, I, th- I think what – Fans would like to see. I mean, coaches want to see a win at the end of the day. But, uh, yeah, I think what we'd all like to see is show me some of that lander speed. We saw a little flash here and there, but we'd like to see maybe a little more display. But, um, again, I come back to where we kind of started the show. Well, if you can run the ball for first downs, then you can throw it when you want to. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information, from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today, or use your mobile device to join today and make. Make your first sports bet. Use our promo code Believe Fifty to receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Believe B L E A V fifty. That's Believe B L E A V five zero. Bet online where the game starts. First Western Bank. We are more than just a bank. We are your partner for all your financial services. First Western has real professionals with years of experience in banking, mortgage, insurance, and investments. From financial services to personal and business insurance to investment products, mortgages, and small business banking. First Western with locations throughout Northwest Arkansas and the River Valley and online at firstwestern.com. Exceptional financial services all in one place. First Western Bank. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. All right, let's get into our hog update starting. Hey, is Dominique Johnson going to play on Saturday? I thought he looked good, Trey. You know, I still think it's up in the air whether we'll play him or not this week, but I think he certainly has improved 
over the last week and a half. Now, obviously, we have today to look at him as well. We'll just have to see how he feels. And he looked to me like he's ready to go, but we'll have to kind of see how he feels about it uh, before we decide. Something else, Tommy. Shane Beamer and company have to account for, and he thought it was tough enough going up against K.J. Jefferson, A.J. Green, Rashad Dominion, Dominion, and Rocket Sanders. Oh, by the way, we think we got Dominique Johnson back this week, too. Well, and, you know, that gives A&M more to think about. I guess Alabama down the road a little more to think about. Um, you know, you'd, Missouri State, okay, them, them more to think. It's just a, a part of your team. And listen, in the SEC, you're going you're gonna to wear and tear four, four running backs. So having four you trust and believe in, um, you know, that's that's usually a common denominator of, of teams that win eight-plus ball games. A good football team. Arkansas basketball got their SEC schedule yesterday. And Tommy and I were talking about this in hour number one. Oh, baby, Kentucky, last game of the season, maybe regular season, SEC championship on the line, maybe a one seed on the line. Not just in the SEC tournament, but where you play in the NCAA tournament as well. I I was I my thought process was they were going to stick that game in Rupp to close out the year. The fact that it's in Bud Walton, man, it's just a big middle finger to Cal and Company. And I was ecstatic to get that email yesterday. You just think about what could be on the line with a game of that nature. It could be the regular season championship. The winner could be the one. The loser be the two. That'd be the ideal thing. And if that happens, perhaps a one or a two seed in the NCAA tournament, the seeding in the SEC tournament. I know we're not accustomed to rooting for Kentucky to have a good year, but you really want Kentucky to have a solid year so that game has ultimate meaning and all the marbles are on the line. That would be maybe the craziest atmosphere for a basketball game in Fayetteville since UNLV. You could certainly see that being two top five teams, and there's been some good ones recently. You just think about the Auburn game last year, Kentucky games in recent years at at, uh, at Bud Walton. That could be the one if everything played out the way we hope it will, Ty. That could be uh, maybe one of the best atmospheres in 30 years. And I know that a lot of fans want college game day to come here week five for Bama. Well, with the SEC being on ESPN these next few years and solely ESPN, you want to boost the basketball resume, then you put college game day in Fayetteville and Bud Wall and Arena that day. So Danielle Musselman, Tommy shared this. They're having a must bus women's clinic on October the 8th. So in a month from today, ladies of the morning rush, you can go and have a Q&A with Coach Muss, a private viewing in of practice, you can sign up at coachmuscamps.com. I would guess that this might be something Miss Lisa might trek over from northeastern Arkansas to, to northwest Arkansas to come see, and a lot of other ladies that listen to this program. I noticed uh, on the deal that, you know, they're talking about seeing practice and all that. I I figured they might, uh, you know, have a have a, have a have a refreshment session there for uh, for the ladies too. That was the on the rundown. Yeah, you know, a little wine, a little wine after, a little post practice wine. Maybe some white claws, some Trulies or something for them. But uh, that should be fun. There'll be, I promise you, there'll be plenty of the ladies. Because my experience is the the ladies just like basketball because they played it. I mean, there's you know they they've just got more involvement. They understand the game. Uh, not that they don't understand football, but they're just more that participated in basketball and and are just drawn to it. So I think they'll have good participation in this. I do too, and I think the fact that Danielle is visible as likable as she is, this will probably yeah. only help this event. Tommy, fall baseball season 
officially been, begins today. We got September 30th, which is going to be the fall classic coming up in about three weeks. Free Dead 10, again, it's coming up a little while from now. But I know we've been so hyper-focused on football. We've talked a little basketball this morning. I have not gotten a chance to watch Dave's press conference from yesterday. I plan on doing that at some point today or tomorrow. But baseball's got their fall ball starting today. You know, this used to be just a passing note. They'd have the fall series. He might, you know, you know, a few members of the media might show up. Now this is something that fans show up for, and um, you know, they like to watch those seven games. Gives you a good feel for the freshmen. And I mean, you know, school has just started more or less, and they're into the thick of things here as far as practice and preseason. So much like we think about spring football in March and April, uh, this is. This is where championships are built uh, for the baseball team. Last note here in your hog update. Arkansas soccer is heading to BYU in Provo. Football team's going to be there in a little over a month. But the soccer team, Tommy, they're heading there tonight to take on the Cougars, who are 13 in the country. Colby Hale squad trying to get another win this year. That's going to do it for your hog update this morning. It is brought to you by Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call 888-8-SPARKY. All right, I looked up on our daily holiday list. Mm-hmm. It is National Pledge of Allegiance Day. Can you recite without looking the Pledge of Allegiance? I had to do it yesterday in my head. And I think I can do it up. this morning. Yeah, stand, stand up, up real quick. Drew, stand I up pledge too. allegiance to the, to the flag, flag of the United States of America, America and to, to the, the republic, republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. For all. Now, I can do the national anthem. I would probably butcher at least one line. That's pretty easy. I probably did that a thousand times over the course of my elementary days. Do you think you could do the entire national anthem? I mean, we just did that pretty successfully, not looking at anything. Do you think you could do the national anthem, like a Bud Walton or Donald W., without screwing it up? I'm not going to say your voice would be pure, or mine would be pure, but could you do it without stuttering, stammering, or or misquoting the national anthem? I wouldn't be as confident in that, no. I oh, say, either. can you see by the Don's early? I mean, yeah. Oh, hey, you got to have the music. I can't even repeat the lyrics. You got to have the music almost to cue the memory, right? Yeah. So. You remember Major League? I can't think of the uh, the actor that plays in Greater. I think it's Neil McDonough. He's the one of the pitchers. <laughs> He's like, oh, it's Jose. Can you see? It's about a Spanish guy. <laughs> Man, I love that movie. But no, uh, I, I think I'm like you, Tommy. I think I would mess it up at least. One line. I, I'll sing along. Like I'm one of those guys that when it goes on, I I kind of mutter it under. I'm not the one of those like screaming from the rooftops. But I think if I was at that stage, I, I give a lot of respect to the the ladies and the men that get up there oh, and yeah. that do it without fail because that is not an easy task, especially in professional yes. stadiums when you have yeah. thousands more people there as well. No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. Playing pick'em contests versus other people for a shot at winning $150,000 plus in cash. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for the correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money every day. You can also test your skills versus the house and 20 times your entry if you hit 
all your picks. Bet on up to five player props, over-unders, or individual player matchups across every major sports league, including the NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Sign up now with your promo code HTL. That's promo code HTL at NoHouseAdvantage.com or download the app on the app stores to get a first deposit match of up to $25. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just how you play, but where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. NoHouseAdvantage.com, promo code HTL. Touchdown, Arkansas! At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, Glass, wood, plastic, just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core jewelry! You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. Are you excited about the NFL starting tonight? Of course I'm excited. I mean, I'm playing fantasy again this year. We've done my draft. I'm getting ready. Ready to go. Ravens are, are looking good. Lamar's going to be fine. So, of course I'm excited. And plus, it's just more football. I mean, who's going to say no to an extra day of football? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty pumped up for not just tonight, but the NFL regular season. We got the... Y'all, we've got the Dallas Cowboys hosting Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday night football. I don't know who's playing on Monday night. I don't really care. The best game of the week now is Sunday night football. And we know how many Dallas Cowboy fans are here. Who do the Chiefs open up with again? I'm going to have to double check on that. Chiefs fans are screaming at me right now because I don't know that off the top of my head. They open up against the Cardinals. That's right. Cliff Kingsbury going up against his former quarterback, at Texas Tech, Patrick Mahomes, I forgot they were talking about that earlier this week. A lot of fun, high-profile Week 1 matchups. Now, we've gotten some responses already to our Morning Rush Daily question that some of you don't care, which is absolutely fine. Like Cody. Cody doesn't care about the NFL at all. College football is when it's at. Jamie texted, only when the Steelers play. You and Phil Elson would probably be able to have lunch together, have a beer together, because I know... Phil, as a big-time Steelers fan, what has he thought about Mitchell Trubisky? Is he in a good mood, bad mood? Is he thinking, oh, man, they're... We haven't, really, no t- we haven't really gotten a chance to talk NFL. I- I'm sure we'll bring it up today and we'll we'll go through it a little bit. I doubt we go as deep dive into it of, you know, picking divisions, picking Super Bowl winners and MVPs and Coach of the Years and all the other awards that are given out to these professional athletes at the end of the season. I honestly couldn't tell you how Phil feels about it because he's mostly just happy the Pirates are in last place because he's the biggest anti-fan I've ever met in my entire life. Well, he wants the owner to sell the team. I'd get that. If I had an owner that I want the owner to sell sell my team, too, because he's a terrible owner. But we're actually in the chase right now, and it's pretty darn exciting and pretty darn great 
to be scoreboard watching every single night, not just your team, but the teams ahead of you and around you in the standings. So I'm going to guess Phil is probably pretty neutral key. Because, I mean, if you're a Steelers fan, why wouldn't you be? Everything that could have been thrown at Mike Tomlin a few years ago got thrown at with Big Ben went down. I think this is two, three years ago. You know, Mitch, they had um, – Who's my who's my guy from uh, Oklahoma? State? Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph was thrown in there. You had him get hit with a helmet. Oh and come on, Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett. Everything gets thrown at. Should have been a terrible season, right? The dude still finishes eight and eight. Mike Tomlin has never finished below five hundred in his NFL career, and he's been there for goodness gracious fifteen seasons now. So you got to have faith if if you're a Steelers fan that. It might not be the best year. Probably not going to win the Super Bowl, but you're going to be competitive. You're going to win some ball games. What do you think? Eight seven seven three seven seven six nine six three. Do you care about the NFL starting tonight? That is our Red River Dodge Morning Rush Daily Question. Red River Dodge in Heber Springs, Arkansas's number one Ram dealer. Log on at redriverdodge.com. Dallas Cowboys are going to be fighting tooth and nail this year in the NFC East. The Eagles actually right now are protected to win that division. Giants, they're not going to be any good. Washington football team, no offense, Bruce Dan, your team's probably not going to be that great. Could be wrong. Maybe Carson Wentz is unbelievable this year. I just don't see it happening. So it's the Eagles. And based on the Dallas Cowboy fans I know, it's not like you like the Washington football team or you like the New York Giants, but you hate the Philadelphia Eagles. So that game and in MetLife, that game in Jerry World, those are going to be two fun games this year. Let's welcome in our guy, Tom Murphy, into the program here on the Morning Rush. Tom, I know you are a diehard Atlanta Falcons fan. Who do they open with to start the season? You already know they play the Saints, man. Come on. How are we Big feeling? Division game. Are we feeling Jameis is going to throw three picks, or is he going to throw 400 yards and five touchdowns? Um, I'm just going to be quietly optimistic for our chances to win about six or seven games. Maybe the opener, I don't know. Um, we're kind of going through a transition, you know, when you lose your quarterback and everything. And so, I don't know. The Saints are supposed to beat us. So, do we I'll see? There. Do we see any of Felipe Franks at tight end this season, or any at quarterback? What's that look like? I hope so. I, I, I hope Felipe gets some some playing time. Um, I know he got some quarterback duty in the preseason, so we shall see. You know, it's – I mean, there's two guys ahead of him, Mariota and uh, Desmond Ritter, right? So it would take some injuries for him to get there. I guess we'll have to wait and see on that. All right, let's talk some Arkansas football, Tom. We might touch on some NFL later on. Tommy posed the question, can you rattle the Rattler? Is Arkansas going to be able to get to Spencer Rattler on Saturday? Well, they should be able to get a few sacks. Georgia State got three, but Georgia State used a lot of stunts and blitzes and all kind of twists and stuff. And the South Carolina offensive line, which struggled last year, um, allowed the, the three sacks. And he also was just on the run a lot. But Sam Pittman is on record as saying they don't want him out of the pocket because he thinks Rattler is one of the best, most accurate passers on the move. So they'd rather keep him in the pocket. Obviously, he's a, a dual-threat guy. He can hurt you running the ball, much like K.J. can. So, um, I 
I think that they're going to try to keep try to keep the the edges and make him have to go up the middle some. Uh, they did send a lot of blitzes at Cincinnati last week, and I suspect they'll do the same. <clears throat> and so I I think they're going to get a couple of sacks. You know, does that rattle him? I'm not sure. We'll we'll have to see in the game. Tommy, is there any? I said Tommy. Tom, is there any player that we did not get a chance to see in a Razorback uniform on the field in Week One that you anticipate maybe getting some playing time or more playing time in Week Two? Well, I mean, Kari Johnson, probably you know, special team guy. Um, he looks like he's been running some first unit at middle safety, so we might see more of him. Um, and Dominic Johnson, if they're they're leaving it in his hands. He came out of the green jersey this week, but if I'm Arkansas, I try to let him heal up for another week or two. Um, and they they've got a really good tailback core as it is. Uh, based on what we saw Saturday, Dubinian and AJ Green could stand a few more touches, and I know that puts a lot of guys into your 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 touch category, but. Those guys, I mean, Dubinion made dudes miss, and he just looked electric with the ball in his hands. So I would try to amp his up, touches up from three to seven or eight, try to give Green a couple more, maybe rock it a couple less, and um, roll with Dominic Johnson here in a couple weeks. We were kind of debating, and I heard the question being posed to Sam Pittman. I don't remember if it was you or someone else yesterday, just kind of what the carries look like. Tom, it seems like the running back room, a lot of mouths to feed. Is it a good problem to have right now based on what even Dominion has added to that room? Well, it is a good problem to have. Uh, you want to keep the guys happy, too, and feel like they're contributing. And, I mean, what a what a great debut for Dominion. A 29-yard play that had a lot of misdirection involved in it. I think it was like a fake handoff to Hazelwood and some other kind of fake. And then a little dump pass to Dominion in the right flats, and man, he made dudes miss. So, and and AJ Green, Sam Pittman said his first carry was like the best carry he's ever had. And I want to say it was a six yard gain. So he just followed his blocks, took what was there, and we know he's an explosive, one of the fastest guys on the team. So it's a good problem to have when um, Dominic Johnson comes back. We know what he can do too. So they they are loaded at tailback for sure. Tom, let's stay within Dominique Johnson for a sec. I, I was thinking about this the other day. We don't know 100% if he's going to play or not Saturday. I would guess he is. With all the gambling interests being shifted in college football, are we going to get to a point like we've seen in the National Football League where we have injury reports in college football? You know, that's a really good question. The coaches used to be a lot more open about it, but you know, now that some are doing it, a lot are doing it, the whole, you know, not sure game, the whole um, questionable and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of teams have shut down access. So the information you get is just from speculation, the Internet, and so on. Um, there may come a day, but I'm, I'm not sure if we're very close to that, honestly, right now. I think it would be several years away. Um, I'm, I'm not a fan of what I'm hearing about players unionizing because it really just changes, it changes everything. I mean, it brings in federal laws and all kinds of stuff. And so, uh, I think it might be at some point tied into something like that, but I don't even want to think about it, honestly. Do you bet 
at all games outside you cover? I mean, I mean, friendly bets. I mean, right now I got somebody owing me uh, alcohol drink, and I paid off Bob a chicken sandwich. Bob, Bob Holt and I, <laughs> Bob Holt and I just bet the betting line on the uh, Missouri La Tech game, uh, our alma maters last week, and I didn't have much faith we could cover the twenty, and we didn't. Oh man, that's uh that's pretty funny. Uh you think you could get Bob and some? Do the the Falcons and Packers don't play this year, do they, Tom? Uh, no, but he paid me off a good one on a playoff game a few years ago on, on those. But I just keep it to, to the friendly stuff. And doggone, if I hadn't put, put some money out last week, I went whatever and oh, it was six or eight games. Uh, you know, to me, the, the, the games last week that were up in the air were LSU, Florida State, and Florida, Utah. And I happened to get both of those right. I just felt like Florida would put forth a really good effort at home, even though Utah was well-regarded, number seven in the country in AP. I just felt like they'd win that one. And then LSU, you know, to me, their their problems a, a lot revolve around the O-line, and that's not a good place to have problems. And we saw that play out, I thought, some in the opener where they struggled to move the ball for a, for a good bit. And so even though the game was in the Superdome, um, I thought Florida State would win it. And, boy, it was it was a thriller. Um, I think a lot of teams would have beat each of those teams that night. But anyway, if I'd put some money out there, I would have won, won some last week. Shut up, man. You mentioned the good SEC games last week. There's some good ones this week as well, with including Arkansas hosting South Carolina. You've got Tennessee going up to Pitt. I saw some comments from Pat Narduzzi this week. And then Tennessee <laughs> going to Gainesville. That's the one I'm most interested in outside of what's going on in Fayetteville. Tom, which games are you intrigued by this weekend in the Southeastern Conference? Yeah, yeah, Kentucky going down to Gainesville. But, yeah, uh, I think there's a bunch of them. I mean, Missouri against Kansas State is, a, is an intriguing game that was, I thought was hard to pick. Um, I can't remember who I picked, but I, I think that's just a tough pick because I do think Missouri is going to be pretty explosive on offense, and they looked a ton better on defense last week. I know it was just La Tech, uh, but K-State's going to be a physical team that wants to – kind of control the ball and the clock. So that's an intriguing game. Tennessee at Pitt, yeah, Narduzzi threw out there that, oh, there's only two leagues in this country. Um, we're just a peewee league, I, you know, trying to fire up his fan base and what have you. Uh, but Tennessee is an explosive team. Um, I picked Florida to hold serve at home against Kentucky, and I think I picked Tennessee to beat Pitt. But, yeah, a lot tougher selections this week. We were talking about it earlier in the show, that Tennessee, Florida, and what you do against South Carolina is going to have an impact on the game times for the Texas A&M. Because I would guess, you tell me if I'm wrong about this, if Florida takes care of business against Kentucky and Tennessee beats Pittsburgh, I think on Monday we'll get the CBS announcement that that's the 2.30 game. And then Arkansas will probably play Texas A&M at 6 o'clock on ESPN, which I don't think fans would be against. You think that's how it might set up in two weeks? Well, I mean, that's what logic sounds like because in, in uh, Tennessee, Florida has been such a huge game in, in the recent past. And if Tennessee is, quote, you know, back and they, they win this game at Pitt, there will be uh, some pretty strong regional interest and some natural national interest in that game. The Arkansas A&M game last year was, you know, fun to watch. It wasn't very high scoring, but, you know, it put Arkansas basically back on the map after the, the Texas win. 
and put them up to eight in the in the rankings. So yeah, you know, if Tennessee falters at Pitt, Kentucky wins. I would I would think for certain that Arkansas and A and M would be uh, the two thirty game. Tom, last thing before we get you out of here, a lot of connections within Saturday's game. Sam Pittman, Shane Beamer, they've coached together. Jaden Hazelwood played wide receiver to Spencer Rattler at quarterback last year. Beamer was on staff with Hazelwood at OU. He was on staff with Landers at Georgia. There's a few other connections here and there. Does anyone have a advantage in this one, or do you think it's just a wash for each of these teams and each of these coaches? Yeah, I mean, that's a good poser. Um, I, I think mostly at the wash because you'd think that Beamer and Sam Pittman both, you know, have taken some things from the various staffs they've been on. Sam has admitted that the way he sets up certain things, that the recruiting is a Kirby Smart production, you know, with his own twist. And I think that, that Shane Beamer probably saw the intensity of recruiting and has also applied that to what he does. I mean, he's a little bit more uh, outgoing with the – video productions and what have you, um, where he looks a lot younger than his 45 years. But anyway, um, I think it all amounts to a pretty much of a wash. I mean, you think Justin Stepp was here on staff when they recruited Burks and Knox and all that, another that, one. that yep. receiving core. And so, yeah, and so I'm not sure he can provide much insight. I mean, Trey Knox plays tight end now. So, But I do like all the connections. I'm actually going to write about that for Saturday, how they came in the league together and, and so on, and that – I think there's there's great um, admiration between Coach Beamer and, and Coach Pittman, and so that plays into this as well. Tom, we'll leave it there this morning. Good luck to your Falcons against the Saints this weekend. Enjoy the Arkansas and South Carolina game, and we'll get a recap from you at 8 a.m. on Tuesday. Uh, thanks for all that, man. The Falcons are going to need it. Great weekend. <laughs> See you. Uh, good stuff from Tom Murphy, as always. Arkansas Democrat is that whole hog sports hey real quick let me tell you about what's going on at the majestic in downtown fort smith this weekend mike and the moon pies are tonight with gannon freeman and Patton baggett in addition to tomorrow dylan wheeler with palmer anthony are going to be there so a full weekend at the majestic in downtown fort smith on garrison avenue you can check out all their shows at majesticfortsmith.com tickets when people go on it's not just a concert venue wedding receptions beer festivals they have so many different activities and things going on at the majestic so if you haven't been you have to check it out music memories mixers at the majestic in downtown fort smith tom brought up Jaden hazelwood a little bit well Jaden had his first touchdown in the game against cincinnati and coach Pittman. He's really proud of the Oklahoma transfer. You can tell KJ believes in him because he kind of threw it up, you know, in a crowd. And, and it was a great pass. Don't get me wrong. It was, and only he could catch it. But KJ has great confidence in him and he went and got it. So I anticipate him just getting better and better as his confidence and his knowledge of exactly where to be at, at what time on the field Tommy. increases. Tommy, he can win the jump balls. He can run the reverses on those pop passes. He can do a lot of different things for this football team. Yeah, and, you know, Hazelwood, you're running out of the slot, and, you know, that that's supposedly where you put your, your best guy at. He can probably go over the middle more for you. I just like the collection of those three with Landers and Thompson along with Hazelwood and just the size and the big targets. 
I mean, I ain't, I've never played it down a quarterback and certainly uh, haven't been put under the pressure that uh, none of us uh, could experience. But having a bigger target's just got to make the job easier in some regards for KJ. So easier to find. He's got the frame to look over that line. Hazelwood, along with those other two, I just think are nice-looking athletes that are big targets and should be durable all at 200-ish pounds or better. That's what Arkansas has this year. Hazelwood is probably going to be the shortest wide receiver that you has that plays consistent minutes. And he's 6'2". Keytron's kind of in that 6'2", 6'3", range. Landers is 6'5". Trey Knox, while not, he's not a wide receiver, is 6'5". A lot of guys, Tommy, that... I mean, KJ... KJ's got a great deep ball. Let me tell you something. That guy can throw a back shoulder fade, too. And I think in these situations, we saw it in game one... His only jump pass kind of, it was perfectly on the money. He put it only where Trey could get it. You might see a few more of those red zone possessions where there's tight coverage and KJ just says, you know what? My guy's taller, more athletic, and he's going to make this play. You might see a few more of those type of passes this year in the red zone, Tommy, because I think there's a lot more trust that Kendall has in KJ Jefferson after what he did last year. You know, is Trey, you know, was Trey Knox just the one they felt most comfortable with? We talked about dealing the hot hand last week. Does does that continue this week, or do we see just you know more uh, uh, intentional involvement, more deliberate involvement of the wide receivers? A guy like Keetron Jackson, you know, does, does he uh, make a little more of, a, of an appearance this week with the wide receivers? So I think there's just a lot of things. We're, we got one game under our belt. There's a, probably a lot more questions. And we have answers at this point. And uh, it wasn't a bad start for Arkansas. But I think, uh, you know, the better days and the better performances are ahead. And hopefully you see that big jump this week you hope to see out of a out of, out of of any team. A- every fan base feels that way this week, hoping if, to see that big jump. If that's your worst performance of the season, you should be excited about this year. And I don't know if it's going to be. Your worst performance of last year, I'd say, was probably Auburn at home. I think it'd be hard. You'd be hard pressed. Maybe you could say George on the road, but that was just a different level of team that you played in Athens. You're beat up. I'd say that Auburn performance at home, especially how it went down two years ago, was a little lackluster. I don't know if it's going to be Tommy, but if it is, that's a good sign of what's ahead. Yeah, there, there's. I, I think there's a difference between performance and and how they look, and then disappointment based on outcome. Because you're right, that Auburn game, you expected a whole lot more than you ended up getting. So, um, yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. And, you know, sometimes the bye plays into that. So, um, you know, you want to see a technical perfor- uh, leap this week with, with just the, the efficiency and the smoothness of, uh, of the entire operation. Chuck Barrett here. I know a thing or two about making great calls in Arkansas. And when it comes to your home service needs, make the call to Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. The friendly pros at Pascal have been serving Arkansas for more than 50 years. And as the weather changes, make sure your system is ready with a Pascal protection plan. Call the pros at Pascal and get a seasonal tune-up, discounted services, and priority scheduling. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned. Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. 
As Arkansans, we know a thing or two about blue collars, loyalty, and toughness. Nowadays, we get to see our reflection of those things come to life right here. So when the hogs run out of that tunnel and through the A, and the sunshine or the lights hit that Cardinal jersey with Arkansas on their chest, that feeling is something else we know a thing or two about. The pride we all feel for our state, our school, and our Razorbacks. The pride that sweeps over our state, up from the Delta and over the hills on fall Saturdays with just one thing on our mind. We love the Razorbacks. Tommy, I don't know if there's a better setup into Clay this morning than the hype. What would you give that hype video as we welcome in Clay Henry into the program? Tommy, what rating out of 10 does that get? Oh, oh, a 15. I mean, I nearly jumped out of the second deck when I heard that thing Saturday. Clay, that was well put together, man. You, your well, voice. I didn't do it. Yeah. And well, you gave credit to the Arkansas marketing team. That was a great job, man. I, I thoroughly yeah. enjoyed listening to that this week. Well, it doesn't really do do it right to listen to it. You need to see the video, and the video when they you know they have the drone shot of the the lakes and the mountains and the stadium and all of that is just just way cool. And see, I didn't see any of that. I did the the voiceover in the studio at uh, uh, Hogs Plus over there in Bo's uh, studio and. I just read it. I read it three times, and I read each sentence by itself, and then I read read the net, and I did each sentence three times, and then uh, didn't really know what it would look like. Play. And they coached me on voice inflection, and I'm not sure I, you know, did exactly what they wanted, but they didn't ask me to do it again. Clay, you're supposed to tell everybody you did it in one take. You're not supposed to tell them all. Well, the, I think the it details. is the one take. Yeah, the first take is is the one they used uh, of each deal. But I mean, you got to admit that the video is is what it's out. I mean, it's like it all matched up perfectly. They knew what they were doing, and uh, and I didn't know exactly when it was going to play or what. And I heard my voice. I was on the third row of the press box. Can't see the video, so I. I just slowly walked down the steps, didn't act like it was any big deal, you know, that I, but I wanted to see the video. You can't see the video board from the third row of the press box. And I, I have to admit, now I had seen it all. They sent me the final version, but you want to see it on the video board, right? Yeah, I think uh, Washington. Did you wave to the crowd? When it was over, did you wave to the crowd? I tip my hat. <laughs> That's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, and, I mean, right at the start, my phone just started blowing up. Yeah, people in the stadium that saw that it was me, and uh, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Kevin Trainer said that uh, Friday afternoon he he had not seen it and he uh, didn't know about it, and he was walking outside the stadium, leaving, going to get in his his car, and they were you know they were doing their little run through of everything uh, on the video board, all the you know making sure everything worked. And he said he could hear my voice, and he's like, whoa, Clay's in the stadium right now. (laughs) Well, no, it was, I'm very flattered, guys, very flattered. 
You didn't need a do-over. What What are some things that this Saturday, uh, based on what you saw last Saturday, they might need to polish up, might need a mulligan on this week to uh, to be ready to go? So, Yeah, I mean, it, it, there's a lot of things. and I mean, uh, their punter, he's got to do a better job. I mean, I think they, they'll probably go with uh, Fletcher again, the, the Australian kid, Max Fletcher, Fletcher. Uh, he he's he gets it off so much quicker, and he can move away from pressure in his rugby style. Uh, but he, he needs to keep it in bounds, and he can really really hit that rugby putt. Uh, I mean, maybe they go to Reed Bauer. You know, he putted all last year, but uh, you know they're going to try to block it. That's that's South Carolina's game. They'll try to block extra points, field goals, the whole gamut. That's that's Beamer ball. Shane Beamer learned it from his dad. Virginia Tech and, and uh, has been a special teams coach most of his career because that's just his legacy, right? Heritage. He's mm-hmm. they're the special teams kings, the the Beamers, and I, I would believe uh, that that would be the way to go to go with the rugby guy. But you know they got to, you know. Then the other part of it is is they'll probably end up playing a little bit different front because they go empty with by wide receiver. I'm talking about South Carolina's offense. Their cornerbacks have got to do a better job of locking up initially. Um, I think they'll get some pressure because they, they're they not going to play with a tight end. Now, now, Arkansas will probably go a three-man line. It'll be completely different. You know, you Someone asked me last week if they'd play three- or four-man line, and I said it's going to be dictated by what they see. They see two tight ends where you play with, with four defensive linemen. They won't see any tight ends this week, I don't think. And we we were talking about that earlier in the show, and maybe that gives Arkansas a chance to play a nickel more, um, you know, to have yeah, one more in the secondary, yeah, or or that, and and bring more use that use Drew Sanders or bumper pull to bring more pressure from the second level. Sure. You got to believe maybe based on watching South Carolina last week, Clay, they they feel like they can get pressure with three versus four with their hand down. Yeah, they might. This is not as nearly as good of an offensive line as what they saw last week. I mean, that, that's those guys were really good, and they had, you know, I think they had lost their center, uh, but they, they still were were terrific. And you know, it came down to finally getting a pressure, and they got it with Jordan Dominic, and that was the play of the game. And you know, everybody says, well, they lack pressure. Well, the, the pressure won them the game. It was the turnover that that made the difference. And you know, you can. Say well, the quarterbacks gave up some stuff. Well, McLaughlin also intercepted a pass, and you know that South Carolina was going in on that drive, and and all at once Arkansas flips the field and scores. Well, the quarterbacks got him that play. So there was some good and bad with everything, and I, but I think that they will play better in a lot of areas. You might spring a leak somewhere else. Uh, I think that. Every one of their good players can play better. For instance, uh, the fumble on the goal line that gave South Carolina the chance was a bad snap by Ricky Stromberg. Well, well crap, he might be their best player, uh, guys. And he can he's hes not going to do that going forward, I don't think. Uh, that, that's not been, you know, he hasn't had a problem with snaps at all. And uh, I think KJ can throw it better. I mean, he missed. Warren Thompson on a on a little you know slant on the goal line missed him by ten yards, and so I I believe that he can play better. Uh, I think Rocket probably does a better job. I mean, that, you got to 
Tommy, you you harp on this. They, they haven't scrimmaged with their top backs, you know. So, you know, seeing the hole and making your jump cuts and doing all those things, you know, Rocket, mm-hmm. you know, he needed those carries to get sharp. Uh, and I think that will be some things they show on tape that that they'll improve on. Yeah, I, I just think that. It, there's an acclimation to, to real contact. And when you've had that green jersey on, and now it's live bullets, and you're going to get hit, there's just an acclimation to that for KJ, for Rocket, for all these guys that have played protected in practice. They've gotten thudded, but, Clay, we all know there's a big difference between what's happened in camp and what's happening now on game days. So, Well, especially for the quarterbacks. Especially they they, they don't touch them. Yeah. And, and just so you know, he wears a black jersey. Uh, I don't know why, but the, you know, different coaches do different and he's things. Really, don't touch him. <laughs> no, I mean, don't even breathe on him. <laughs> if if you, you you touch KJ, uh, they they might they might send you to Cleveland Hill. It's that bad, or yeah. or even worse, a morning with Ty. <laughs> Well, clearly no one touched KJ. No one showed sure up Or maybe yet. worse than that, an evening with Ty. <laughs> well, you might Peach get to wear a cowboy hat. So. Oh, did, what's the story? Of, did you wear that on a uh, with a TV interview or something, Ty? Yeah. Uh, that was the, uh, the, the Trail Nation segment that we just did this past what week. What were you thinking? Well... I have three props, Clay. I had the SEC hat that my buddy Jack Armstrong gave me. I wore that just to reiterate that Arkansas is in the best conference in the country, and they showed it to Cincinnati. I had the Tom Cruise Top Gun glasses, show that KJ is calm, cool, and collective in any situation, as is Maverick in both movies. And the Cowboy was to uh, compare what Sam Pittman and his work ethic and what he put in the offseason getting all these transfers that were vital to the team's win. If they don't have those transfer guys, they don't win the game on Saturday. No question in my mind. So that was what I was trying to compare. And then Courtney just told me to leave it on, so I left it on. And that's the story. That's Courtney's yeah, way Courtney of telling him he's got bad-looking bad hair. Her judgment, her judgment it was, was a little, as bad as yours. It was a little greasy from the night before. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to lie. There's a lot of grease on Dixon Street. We did see Darren McFadden Ugh. on Saturday night. Clay, which was kind of cool. We talked, we chatted a little bit, and uh, that was always it's always fun to catch up with Darren. But yeah, that yeah, is the, so, that's the backstory so wh- on that. So, what have you always thought was your best asset? My best asset, probably my smile. I've got no, your te- hair. Good your teeth. hair. You, that, I don't think that, but that in for you to think that you wouldn't have it shampooed and fluffed and all the things that you do, the product that you use to make it that look i mean i don't know how you make it that look but that's what that was the look you should have robbed man i uh i guess i couldn't get all the grease out of it from dixon street the night before so i need to <laughs> too early huh? put in more yeah. shampoo and conditioner uh i, I guess i'm just messing with you nah, I know. you know that i know but no it was uh it was fun but i uh i don't know man that cowboy hat does well for me on weekends so i'm gonna i'm gonna keep it around it's mm-hmm. i like it 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 gives me more of a refined look. I don't know what the deal is with young ladies liking the cowboy look, but it definitely does be better than just I don't know my normal self. So I'm going to keep it around yeah. at least for the time being. Yeah, I think that would. Yeah, yeah. It's not it, it's not the George Strait cowboy hat that I'm going to wear up in the mountains, but it's 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 
It's okay. I had, man, I spent eighty bucks on that thing, and I thought I was going to yeah. have a heart attack at the cash register. But it's uh, yeah, I know. It's but that's what you got to step up. You know. Yeah. So what do they say at Gaston's Tommy? You got a first class time every time. So, yeah. <laughs> well, that's what so, you need to go first class every time. I'm trying to man, and it yeah. it doesn't. It you'll be see a cowboy hat is with you pretty much for life. You know, I mean, it it is it, it's. It, when it gets beat up a little bit, it's even better. A little sweat on the band and that kind of stuff. So it's not like any other ball cap that once it gets stinky, you throw it out. No, no, no. So you just have to step up a little bit. Well, speaking of Clay, speaking of first class, KJ Jefferson is trying to get there within the SEC quarterbacks this year. He's got a great opportunity. A lot of guys, I say a lot of guys, some guys have Spencer Rattler ahead of KJ in their quarterback rankings. When you think about what this matchup presents itself, and I know quarterbacks don't face each other every play, but what kind of comparisons do you think we'll see come out of Saturday based on this matchup between Rattler and Jefferson? Well, I mean, it'll come down to the guys around him. And, for instance, you know, Rattler, he didn't have much help last week. You know, they won it with blocked punts. And his offensive line didn't didn't do him very much. Uh, you know, he was running for his life most of the game. Well, that that can't be the way that he plays all year. He's got to get some help. Well, you know, KJ he he does have a good supporting cast. That's a good offense around him. I mean, I I, I hesitate to say what the weak link is on that offense because I don't see one right now. I think the receivers are better than I thought. The tight ends are better. Uh, Trey Knox is terrific. Um, the offensive line is good, and you're adding Dominic Johnson to the running back stable. So, I mean, where where is the weak link? I don't think there is one. And you've got, you know, you got some guys that you can pull off the bench. I think we're we're going to see Tykeus Crawford, you know, as we roll through another offensive lineman. I, there's very few teams that have a guy like that, you know, sitting sitting on the sideline, that, you know, that hasn't cracked the starting lineup. Um, I think Blake Hornsby adds something to it. We saw a brief glimpse of that, but I'm, I'm sure that role will be expanded now that they're in SEC play. You didn't want to show all that stuff last week. But my point is that that KJ has a better supporting cast than Spencer Rattler, and that will make him shine as the season goes forward. And I, I think that, that you will see that elevate uh, KJ's uh, – you know his, his reputation as one of the better quarterbacks because he's going to look good with these guys, in, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think KJ, uh, you know, will hit it. I, you want him to? When do you want him to hit his stride? Kind of peak. I mean, he'd love for it to to be this way. You don't play your best ball now. It's, it's that A and M game where it all needs to kind of come together. That where the game slows down a little bit, the passes seem, you know, a little more open. The targets seem better. I mean. That's what I think you'd be aiming for is to kind of hit hit your stride by yeah, the end. If you keep him healthy, yeah. if you just keep him healthy and he's able to practice, and uh, what I would like to see is that you don't need him that much, that you're able to yeah. run the ball and throw it. Uh, I'm talking about other guys, and they had to run him against Cincinnati, and he took some shots, and that that's not that's not exactly the way you want it to go. I would hope that he is not their leading rusher this year. Uh, I'm I'm going to say I think it's going to be Rocket Sanders if he stays healthy. And I thought that 
after watching the spring that it would not be KJ this year. But he uh, he's going to get he's going to be used on the goal line. That's the spot where you need the quarterback to make some plays because they cannot account for everybody. Uh, in you know the field is condensed, they're playing a little tighter, and uh, there's not as much room to throw it around down on the goal line. And the RPO is is probably the deal. You know, th- there's going to be some run in place for him. And boy, he is he he knows where that end zone is, don't you think, guys? Absolutely. You know, you mentioned the punts and South Carolina blocking the punts. Boy, it'd be a good week if Arkansas could uh, just keep moving the ball, get you know. Get into, get into plus territory, maybe limit those no punts punt to just yeah, a handful. No, punt yeah. no punting this yeah. week and let, you know, if nothing else, uh, you know, let Cam Little have three or four attempts at, at worst case. That'd, that'd be the ideal way to, to negate that, Clay. Anytime your field goal kicker touches it more times than your punter, you probably won. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point right there. So that worries me a little bit because Arkansas has no, a history yeah. of, I mean, of a little early season protection issue. Yeah, and I, I think that you know, we're still we still a little nervous. You know, we we want to see everything perfect, but that's not that's not the way you know football rolls. You know, at the start of the year, there's things that that you say, well, we worked on that. Well, we're going to work on it some more, and it could be any any area. And but I I really think you know we're talking a lot about the offense. I, I think the, the the deal is. Uh, can you get Rattler on the ground? Can you pressure him? Uh, something good happens when you pressure the quarterback. You don't have to get him on the ground, but if he has to, if he has to turn and get off that spot, and his vision is is distorted a little bit because he's on the move and he's going backwards, not going forwards. If he steps up, that's an easy throw. But if he has to turn his hips. That's a harder throw. Now he, he's pretty good at that, but nobody is great at that. Yeah. And your cornerbacks have a little tighter coverage, and they get their hands. He threw into coverage twice last week, yeah. and that's to me that's the key to the game. Or do they get a turnover or two from Rattler, whether it be you know a, a strip sack like they did last week or an, or an interception like they did last week, um, and you know. Bumper and Drew Sanders might get their hands on the ball, you know, in drops. Because um, they're, they're going to be the underneath guys, and, and I think Spencer is going to be throwing it underneath more than deep because I think he's going to be on the move, and those are easier throws. Bud Light Next is available nationwide today, anywhere you can buy your other Bud Light products. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.